Welcome to the Startup of the Year podcast, where each episode we showcase exciting new companies from around the world. This podcast is produced by Established, creators of the Startup of the Year program. Established is focused on helping organizations with their innovation, startup, and communication strategies. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Startup of the Year podcast. I'm Frank Gruber, the co-founder and co-CEO of Established. The co-founder of Established Ventures and the team behind the Startup of the Year community and this very podcast. Thank you so much for being here and being a part of the community. In this episode, we're going to hear an Ask Me Anything session that our very own Rich Malloy did with Sarah Evans at our annual summit last fall. For those of you unfamiliar with Sarah, she's a digital strategist and brand correspondent who works with global brands worldwide to create and improve their social and digital strategies. She advises on branding, marketing, advertising, and public relations. Additionally, she's a digital correspondent for several companies, including PayPal, uh, Cox Communications, uh, MGM International, Walmart, the Shorty Awards, and many more. And she got her start out in the Midwest, which is where I'm from, so we've known each other for a while. She started helping small and mid, uh, mid-sized businesses uh, build their both online, or basically their online PR efforts. So she got uh, got started there, but then moved out to Vegas and has continued to grow her business. And I'm super excited about uh, what she's going to share here shortly. Uh, before we jump into that interview, though, I want to share a segment from Rich Malloy of Established and Established Ventures with the VC Minute, and he's going to be talking about risk. Take it away, Rich. Hi, this is Rich Malloy with Established Ventures, bringing you the VC Minute. Quick advice to help startup founders fundraise better. Let's continue to talk about risk. Just because I know the risks doesn't mean I'm going to take the risk. It might be that I think the risk of an unfavorable outcome is too high. Or some investors have their own dogma around certain things. For example, an investor may never invest in first-time founders. They would view that as an unacceptable risk. There are risks all along the way. Risks that you don't get enough customers, that you can't make critical hires, that you can't grow fast enough, the competition heats up. Even systemic risks like the economy, inflation, regulation, pandemics. Around every corner is another risk beast with bloody fangs waiting to pounce and devour your business whole. I know this. I invest in risky businesses. But I'm not going to take what I see as a bad risk. For example, we recently passed on a company that we absolutely loved but felt the systemic risks were too great and we just couldn't get past it. So here are a few questions you can ask to better understand potential investors' risk appetite for your business. Is there anything here that is a hard no for you? What do you think is the riskiest part of my business right now? What do you think is the riskiest part five years in the future? What do you see founders do to de-risk that? When you dig in to understand their concerns, you'll know what you need to address, either in that meeting or in future meetings. That's all for the VC Minute. Back to you, Frank. Thanks, Rich. Our listeners should find that super helpful. Thanks so much for sharing. And for those of you just learning about Start of the Year and the Start of the Year community, uh, I wanted to share that we're all about helping founders all along the startup journey. We do so with our community programs and resources, and we, help, we create both educational opportunities as well as the ability to uh, build relationships through some of our programs. We also offer opportunity for celebration, which I think is super important and critical to anybody anybody's success because you need those motivational moments to keep you going, especially when you hit the, uh, the down times, right? So 
Um, and you're going to have it, especially if you're doing a startup. So every year we produce our start of the year awards, which take place usually in the fall. And uh, anybody in the community is, is eligible as long as you hit certain criteria. So you can join our community right now by just going to SOTY.link forward slash apply. But then to be a part of the 2021 start of the year awards uh, and be selected, you have to be a startup first off, and you have to raise less than $5 million in funding and have a functional prototype beyond just the idea. So that those are the main criteria. So just apply today if that if you hear, you know, if you hear that those criteria and you fit that. And uh, what you'll get is the ability for the top 100 companies that are selected, get a chance to take place, uh, take part in our annual summit, which allows the opportunity to connect, showcase and potentially take home the title of startup of the year at our award ceremony. So pretty cool opportunity. We've had a lot of great companies come through and we're looking, we have a lot, we already have a lot of companies that are ready for the summit here, but there's going to be still more companies that can still get through and, and be a part of that. So apply today at SOTY.link forward slash apply. It's going to be a lot of fun. It's a great opportunity for anybody in the early stages. Uh, next, I want to share uh, and spotlight a, co a company that's in our community that we've been working with and uh, are excited to share some of the, their opportunities uh, with the rest of the community here. So TaxTaker is a company that we're, we've been working with. They help tech founders across the country get billions of dollars back from Uncle Sam every year by working with startups. And it's uh, pretty incredible. There's uh, research and development tax credits that are available for any tech startup that is developing products or technology. And you don't have to be profitable to, to qualify for this at all. So our friends over at TaxTaker are making it easy for founders to save, you know, save on, uh, to basically get savings that they're due um, by just filling, filling out a form. Their, you know, all-star team of experts knows what you can do. And uh, all you have to do is fill out the form at uh, taxtaker.com forward slash SOTY. Again, it's taxtaker.com forward slash SOTY. And uh, they'll get back to you and let you know what kind of uh, money you might be leaving on the table. So check it out at taxtaker.com forward slash SOTY. All right, let's listen into that conversation with Sarah Evans, and you should learn a lot about PR and digital strategy. Take it away. Thank you, Sarah, for uh, for being here again. You know, maybe you can just start by sharing what exactly is a digital strategist and correspondent. Well, right now that involves um, actually finishing the pizza order. I forgot to send to my daughter's pod, uh, learning pod for today, Wednesday. So you kind of become a jack of all trades digitally, but yes. really it all has its um, basis in public relations. Uh, the, the digital correspondent role simply came about because I was at the right place at the right time. I was helping brands with their digital PR efforts and meanwhile building my own online community. And brands would start to hire me and say, yes, we want your strategy behind the scenes, but can you also talk about us publicly um, and endorse us? And usually a PR person's role is to remain behind the scenes and not share anything. But now I happen to have built an amplification. So I had to figure out a way to kind of marry those two things for brands. So sometimes I'm um, Sarah, the consumer tech expert doing satellite media tours around consumer tech products around the country. And other times I'm completely behind the scenes running strategies for funding announcements and, and other um, fun launches, you know, coordinating exclusives and embargoes and, and pitching news angles. So it just um, kind of runs the gamut. Wow, that's fascinating. I love that, you know, the the influencer world kind of took off a couple of years ago um, and it seems like you're able to be in both worlds and to be able to provide a personal perspective and a personal brand as well as support other companies' brands. Yeah, and, and honestly, to be, or, I mean, to be quite frank, the, the public persona, the public part of that has been 100% of 
um, the kind of residual marketing that comes in for my business. So I don't do traditional marketing, but anytime you get visibility, uh, like I just did my second segment for the doctors on consumer tech, business inquiries tend to correlate when those pieces go live. So business inquiries for your business correlate yeah. as, yeah, very interesting, very interesting. Naturally, right? People see the, the, the work that you do and how you're able to promote and support brands in an authentic way. Yeah. You know, and you have great glasses. Thank you. I said um, off camera that, you know, my, my visual impairment has become part of my brand. <laughs> yes, <laughs> it definitely has. If you all watching today have not seen uh, or, you know, or follow Sarah, she's at PR Sarah Evans on, on Twitter. Uh, and, um, you know, just check in to see what the glasses of the day are. Definitely. I highly recommend that. <laughs> so I try. Yes, absolutely. So our, our, um, you know, our audience today are startups. So you work with some of these big household name brands, many of them former startups. Um, do you work with startups too? I do. I typically take on one to two, a quarter. Sometimes they um, carry over because uh, I actually was having a conversation with a, a startup client of mine yesterday. And we were talking about how working with startups reconnects you to purpose and why I love tech in the first place. Um, many times when you work with larger brands, there can be more barriers to entry to getting ideas pushed through or executed. But with startups, they're more agile and excited and still completely you know, vested in the brand. And I feel like the, the collaboration of working with both sizes is just it's invigorating. Yeah, absolutely. So we have our first question um, uh, from our audience. And uh, funny, this was my first question for you as well. Uh, when should a startup without much cash start to consider using or hiring PR for help? And I then love follow Oh, sorry. Go ahead. No, please. I'll let, you, I'll let you answer that. And then I'll ask the follow on after that too. I'm just really glad that we're um, talking about this up front. And I will tell you all of the startups that I've had the pleasure of mentoring over the past few days. One of the first things I've talked about is whether or not they're ready for PR. Um, I feel like any PR person worth their weight in anything will be very honest um, if it's time. Many times um, people don't necessarily understand the difference between marketing and PR. And the way I usually explain it is marketing is what gets people in the door. Think about those quick hits, SEO, PPC, ad, paid opportunities. PR is what keeps people coming back kind of the long games. So those might be media opportunities, connection, um, uh, stakeholder relationship building over time, you know, all of the things that will keep your, the spirit, the emotion, the perception of your brand in check. Most startups aren't ready for that out of the gate and marketing is the most important thing simply because if you're a startup without any brand recognition or any sort of validation, media are likely not going to write about it unless you're getting some sort of large dollar amount of funding. So the marketing might allow you to build up more users to have an attractive uh, number as part of your user base or um, get some sort of virality or buy-in. Some of those moments in time that are really important that then can allow the PR to happen. So if anyone's trying to sell you PR out of the gate and promising you, you know, tier one media hits, uh, it, it's not likely going to happen. Um, unless you your founder comes from a large company and already has brand recognition or some major VC has invested in you that already has brand recognition as well. Sure. But even then, if you're playing the long game, you know, then it, it still sounds like even those things are just the quick hit. That's the first story. But then what happens next? What happens next? Exactly. And, and 
part of the flow. If I want to get really tactical, once you get a media hit, there's all sorts of other things you can do with that. And I call them amplification tactics. Mm. So number one, let's say uh, we just had a client in Axios yesterday. So we look, what are all the other things you can do with that? It was a you know positive review. So do they come, does that article become part of a paid ad campaign? Does that go in your funding deck? Now, can you say as seen on, on your website, does it go in your weekly newsletter? Um, is it something you can then repurpose and share on social and tag the reporter and the list goes on. So what are all the things you can do with that once it happens? That's awesome. And I think you have just answered the follow-on question here, right? But um, because you just rattle off a whole bunch of things, right? But the follow-on here naturally then is, is it, okay, uh, it's too early for me as a startup to hire a PR expert. I'm not ready for it, or I just can't afford it, yeah. right? So what are the things that I can do as a startup before, uh, you know, before I hire somebody for PR? How do I do this myself, you know? I, I love this. So let's talk at a very basic level. And if I start to use verbiage or terms that are foreign, please let me know. Sometimes I'm so close to my job. I'll say things and, and think everyone you know knows what right, that totally. Means. Yeah. But number one, build your local media list. Look at TV producers in particular. That's the role you want to look at at your local CBS, NBC, Fox affiliates and pitch yourself as a tech um, correspondent. Uh, I do a regular segment here in Las Vegas uh, on Las Vegas now, where I talk about consumer tech trends on a regular basis. And I will pitch an idea related to a, a key moment in time, like Valentine's day or black Friday, you know, whatever is coming up and I'll package together, um, the best tech products around that. So if you can start to kind of formulate your voice in your space, look for areas to get some local media opportunities. Number one, it gives you some SEO that's out there for you. Number two, it helps you start to build your interview reel. Many times, if you're going to get a large scale TV hit in the future, a producer or a booker will say, well, have they been on TV before? You know, what's their style like? And you, you can have that packaged together. The other thing is make a list of 10 journalists. And actually earlier this week or no, last week on Twitter, I shared a list of the top, I think 20 tech journalists. So some of that research has been done for you. And I actually put their pitch preferences on there. Um, there are so many nuances to pitching media today. That's why I say start with 10 and figure out, do they want to be pitched via signal? Um, or do they allow Twitter DMs? Um, do they also allow email? There, there's so many different compilations of that. I would take a look and build that list of 10. Um, they don't have to just be tier one media outlets and tier one writers, but the people that you think would be most interested in the stories that you have to share now or in the future. And then go with fundamentals. Um, I, I think building a strong practice around PR is really essential. As simple as what is your press release format or template look like? Putting together in Google Drive or somewhere where you keep assets, um, higher version of your logo, your CEO, co-founder, um, headshots, anything else that you need to have put together packaged to reference um, easily. And then make a list, which I'll, if you message me on Twitter, I'll send you this, but I have a quick hit list of things that are newsworthy. Um, so keep, even if it's in your notes functionality, you know, are you the first, best, latest or greatest? Did you launch facts, stats, a survey or a report? Um, are you timely or geographically relevant? Um, so look at the things that are actually newsworthy versus what you think are newsworthy. Hmm. Wow. That's awesome, man. What a great list. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> All right. You've got um, next question here. Um, what about press coverage for social impact companies and any recommendations for pre-launch? Um, just so I understand the question, is that packaging together and promoting social impact? I'm going to, should I go with that? 
I think so. My my guess here would be that this is a this would be a company that has a social impact mission. Got right? it. So so a startup with a with a social impact focus. Um, right. So, you know, how would you, you know, are there, are there different things that you would do for someone that wants to have a, that has a social impact focus? So one of the things, let me, I'll just kind of give a wide scope around this. Um, sometimes it's newsworthy, sometimes it's not. So what do you do in the case of it's not, um, number one, I'd say, create your own social content and commentary around this, whether that's a video interview with your CEO, you package together some great explainer videos or sound bites. Um, that you can share to get the story started. Um, and I would look at using your, if you look at the PESO model, the paid, earned, shared, or owned um, media as part of, that's the PR kind of mm. mix. Look like at what that. you can create on your shared, uh, you know, the social side of things. If it is newsworthy, it has to be either great human interest angle, something that's really compelling at, at you know, a very minute level, someone who's been impacted and has a success story. Maybe it's, it's, a group of people that, or that you have some great numbers around this that you've seen, you know, an 80% increase or decrease in something, um, and then pitch it exclusive to an outlet that focuses on social impact or a writer who typically talks about that beat. And that's my dog in the background. Sorry. My son came down to get one of his books for learning and now he's run back up. Yeah. <laughs> awesome. Great. Um, uh, you know, another question here, given so many different social media outlets, do you have a personal favorite for PR? Well, for, for PR, uh, Twitter is kind of the end all be all for me with media. Um, it's the place that politicians, uh, news creators, news aggregators go to uh, share their voice outside of the media. It's where they go to launch kind of their own version of the news with their uh, twist, take or personal voice on it. Um, and almost every journalist is there. So I do tons of story placements just through Twitter DMs based on journalists who I already have relationships mm. with, or they've said that they accept Twitter DMs. Obviously, don't go out and mass spam journalists on Twitter. Yeah. So follow on for that would be, do you have a, a favorite tool that you use to engage on Twitter, right? So in, in, instead of just doing it on the browser, you know, what do you um, recommend? So Flock dot dev, F-L-O-C-K dot D-E-V is a great CRM for Twitter. Um, it's something oh. that I use all the time. Back in the day when I was traveling, um, I could even set up different alerts. When someone would tweet they were in a city, it would uh, ping me or notify me that they were, you know, if we were going to the same conference or event, you could get notified when that person was there. Um, the other way in which I use Twitter is actually through Twitter and Twitter lists. If you go to my profile and click on lists, I have aggregated and created lists for almost every single major media outlet, um, including their journalists. I've got NPR on here, Ch Cheddar, CNN. I even have um, journalists talking about COVID, uh, journalists for hospitality, food and beverage. I mean, it kind of runs the gamut. So you, what I do is um, I have iOS shortcuts created on my phone every morning. Different lists will pop up early in the morning so I can see get a litmus test of what those particular media are focusing on for the day before I start my morning pitches. Oh, very interesting. Yeah. Yeah. And the, what was that website again? You said it was flock. Flock.dev. Let me, let me, you know what, let me double check. This is mom brain. That's all good. On caffeine. Let me see. Could you, you spell can keep it? asking while I search for it? Of course. Yep. That's okay. Yeah. Could you spell it out even? I'm going to, uh, let's see. Oh, flock.network. I totally lied. F-L-O-C-K. No, so you don't, don't ever listen to me without validating. Awesome. 
F-L-O-C-K dot network. Flocknet. Cool. All right. I'm going to drop that in uh, into chat. We'll drop that into uh, into the chat for everybody. Very cool. Great recommendation. Um, I'm definitely going to dive into that. Um, you know, I, uh, and so, um, you know, another thing that comes to mind with Twitter, right, is, is just the, the amount of noise and just in social, all social media channels, right? So, um, you know, I'm going to plug my live stream on Fridays at two mountain time uh, when I talk with mentors from the start of the year network. And I've been trying to figure out how do I rise above the noise? So Sarah, how do, how do, how do we rise above the noise with our great messages that we have to share with the world? I think, I think there's, there's a few things and I always, you know, analyze this to figure out what works. And at some point I've got, I've got some matrix that I put together. It's like right time, right audience, right medium. Um, and you have to have, you know, two of the four in order to resonate. So if you're doing something with the startup of the year community, you're already doing the right thing by creating a niche community. Um, and hyper targeting what you're talking about. And it's very easy to understand what startup of the year is doing uh, based on the name itself. So that's one of the key pieces of that. Um, and also I know a lot of startups are very short staffed. You know, you might be a team of one uh, trying to create this, but taking time to interact and engage with the exact people you want to watch um, or interact with what you are doing, even if that's family and friends out of the gate to um, get support. And the other thing is looking for other communities in that space, like the product hunts of the world, um, found uh, founder founders beta, you know, the Angelist, Crunchbase, all of those places where people actually read and engage around startups. Look at ways to leverage those, launch there, um, up your status in those places because you know that the groups of people you're trying to reach are already in those places. Yeah, gotcha, gotcha, very cool. Um, what are, what are some mistakes that you've seen? It sounds like one is, is to just blanket, you know, carpet bomb, um, you know, but what are some other PR mistakes that you've seen? Ah, so many, there's so many good things too. I mean, honestly, I feel like I, I can tell you the rules, but then obviously the best startups and PRs know how to break them too, to get attention, but you always have to learn them, you know, before you, you try to break them. Yeah, um, so right. the, the mass pitching and outreach, there's no quicker way to turn off a journalist or blogger than if you're like, they're, they're not reading what I'm sharing. Um, so I do take time to um, engage with and question reporters about their processes. Um, I have some reporters that are so nuanced, I can only pitch them, but it's because I've taken the time to really learn about what kind of trips their trigger, what, what they want. So I can't pitch them all the time because mm. I know exactly what they're looking for. Mm -hmm. um, what else? Uh, not have any, having any sort of consistency or understanding what a store really is, um, that you just sort of push out your website regularly, but there's no context or usefulness. Um, mm. Oh, so I, I know one of the other big mistakes is that a description for a startup is so complex, I don't understand it, or, or <laughs> the other end of it is we're the Uber of. Uh, mm. And everybody wants to explain themselves like mm -hmm. that, but everyone's explaining themselves like that. So it's not really effective anymore. Um, so doing some due diligence by either honing those copywriting skills or um, having someone help you uh, define that, but really coming up with what it is that you do. Because one of the biggest barriers I've seen is people say, well, if you get in and try it, you'll understand what it does. Mm. Um, but they can't explain what it does. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. That is so true. Uh, you know, I, I don't know if they still have this, but CB Insights used to have 
that if you wanted to submit your startup to their database, they had a, they had a, um, a jargon filter. And so if you tried to use things like big data, uh, data-driven insights, uh, you know, proprietary machine learning algorithm, like, like this things that you hear over and over again from startups that it actually wouldn't allow, allow you to submit. And I love that. You should yeah. make a list of those and make sure you're not using them. Right. <laughs> yes. I just rattle a couple off that you, that you see all the time, Good. you know, um, but okay. Another question from the, from the, the, uh, the audience here, where do you see the future of PR and marketing in a post COVID world? Ooh, okay. Is right. <laughs> Let's so, just all take a moment and just to, yeah. just imagine the bliss of a post-COVID world. Yes, please. Thank you. Or we could do this in person. Yeah. Um, everything has changed for me. Everything from shutting down my office to you know lack of getting to the East Coast or West Coast to do uh, you know in-person meetings or desk briefings. But one of the things I, I've witnessed, and this isn't because of COVID necessarily, but where does a story begin and end that organic media placements aren't necessarily just in mainstream or traditional media, but what happens on social media also impacts that, whether it's amplification or distribution or it's a story starter. So it's being really mindful about how and where you're sharing information or telling a story. Sometimes it's, we want the story to originate with a reporter who will tell it in an unbiased way uh, and share it in their, you know, their own unique voice. And sometimes it's, we can't get anyone's attention. So we're trying to build up um, awareness and attention on social and then use that as a validation point to get it over to the media. And I think that's probably one of the biggest changes that social has allowed us to do, but also become more important the less you have in-person events um, or access to, to media. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Excellent. Uh, let's let's shift gears here and talk about measuring performance. How do you measure performance for your clients? How should startups be measuring their performance for their efforts? So it depends what you are doing, what your goal is, and it depends if you already have investors or not. Um, many times I find there are butting heads between um, awareness and conversion, yeah. and both are very, very important. Um, and I was actually having a chat about this yesterday about ad campaigns that convert really well, um, but some will get pulled because they're getting a lot of signups, but they're not getting conversions on the site. So signups to me become an awesome PR opportunity. If you can find out who these people are, what their profession is, how can you start to individually reach out to those people and show them a use case example or something more personal to get them to onboard versus people who've already converted and signed up and you can you know, do whatever your marketing funnels do with, with those folks. Um, for us, uh, typically for large funding announcements and um, media placement campaigns, we're typically, you're talking about, we'd like to get two tier one placements, two tier two in a certain amount of time. And I'm just making up those numbers. And that becomes kind of the litmus for success for, for those brands. But then behind the scenes, strategizing, how do you tell that story? How do you write it up? Who's, who are the media that we're going to target? Uh, navigating the dance of the exclusive embargo and then what happens once it runs. So there's definitely more to it than just yeah. the placement. Yeah, definitely. And then um, I had a following question there and it totally, and it totally slipped. Uh, we, we will go to, uh, go to another question here is, is that, um, what about some creative, creative strategies that you've seen? 
creative for startups. Creative, creative PR so. strategies, yeah, specifically for startups, but or maybe not. But yeah, let's talk about for startups. I'll go with startups because some of the more creative ones from big brands are probably are not as um, achievable. Um, I mean, the it may not seem as creative to you now, but doing your launch on product hunt and utilizing that community is a great place for traction. And in many startups who launch there, find that it's the number one source of traffic referral for the next one to two years. Something that they couldn't have, have achieved um, otherwise. So I think for two that, years, at, at least. Um, wow. It just depends because startups aren't always getting in the news. So you think if that's a, a high-ranking site with a built-in community and they're upvoting the most quality content, you know, it really does matter. Um, so I think that's part of it. I've seen. Um, if you really want a huge, you know, spike in traffic, give away something really valuable. I've seen rally ups and raffles, and um, as long as it's legal in your area or state, um, get a huge spike in signups. You just have to really expect that plunge to drop off after you do those when you launch something, and figure out how you can re-engage those people or retarget them. But if you want huge bumps and things, give something away. People um, love that. Other creative campaigns. I'd have to do a little bit more research. Um, because it kind of runs the gamut with startups. If you can get someone famous to talk about it, uh, that that always helps. Um, you know, uh, Cameo, the app Cameo, where there are uh, celebrities you can pay to give messages. Mm. I've seen companies um, pay the two to five hundred dollars for a celebrity to give an a, essentially a mention, not really an endorsement, and then they can use that to showcase you know celebrity mentions when you're launching something. So you just have to think about what is within your budget and what would be really fun um, to garner attention. Um, I feel like I'm botching this one, but that, that's what I got. I have up the top of my head. No, that's great. And, you know, honestly, I had no idea that product hunt had such, um, you know, had, had such longstanding effect. You know, I'm not a product hunt addict and I pop in every now and then. And when a startup and oftentimes, and this, this is another thing I'll, you know, I've seen is that I'll, have startups in my network who will ask me to make sure that I go and upvote them on the day that they launch on Product Hunt. And I right. always do that, right? But that's also a great strategy, right? Just yeah. to get that initial that, that initial hit. I go on, I have a calendar alert on my phone every morning. I go in there and I upvote at least two um, startups on there. So I, I feel like that's my contribution. I love it. I love it. Awesome. Awesome. Good. All right. Well, I'm going to spend a little more time in, uh, in Product Hunt now. And, and what was the site for... Uh, for cameos, for celebrity cameos, how do you? Um, how do you get? It's an app, but I think it's just cameo.com. I love that okay. I have two screens here. Cool, cool. Yeah, cameo.com. Yeah, it's not. It's not fire. F Y R E. I'm just kidding. Oh my god. <laughs> yes, that's where you want to go. Yeah, definitely. Uh, yeah, definitely not. Okay, so I remember the things that I, the question that I forgot that I was going to ask as a follow-on, oh, yeah. um, was um, so it sounds like actually as we were talking about. Um, you know, uh, tracking yours, you're talking about the first part of tracking results. It sounds actually like you've got a very, you, like, like there's a, there's an aspect here where startups should have a customer persona that they are targeting. And it sounds like a very specific customer persona. Can you talk about that? Yes. I actually want to find something. I just... uh, Cause I saw you just light up as soon as I said that. So let's... No, because I was recently talking about, uh, and it's not on here. I talked about, um, that I don't really love the concept of persona uh, because it starts to generalize people and, and, and most people want to feel unique. I don't want to know that there's, you know, 5 million other people just like me, um, even though I, I fit certain stereotypes. Um, but looking at individual people, um, 
and you can segment out what that means by interest um, or whatever determine whatever goes along with your product, but not thinking in terms of people generally, but recognizing them as individuals and looking at some of the shared interests um, that could be part of your brand and then kind of move forward from there. Yeah. Yeah. Got it. Got it. Um, We've got about two minutes left. Welcome. Any more questions from the audience? Uh, I've got another one for you. Let's talk about emojis. I just read your, you know, your recent post from you about, about emojis. Um, I think that was when I put on LinkedIn a while ago, but um, over oh, the okay, past- a while ago, sorry. Well, I just- I was like, I oh my gosh. For me. Um, <laughs> uh, just the emergence of emoji in communication. I, I had talked about everything from video to audio bites to emoji and how that can increase um, traction and engagement on all of these sites. One caveat though, if you're- um, if you want to be ADA compliant, one of the things that I'm trying to do, if I do a very emoji heavy post on any social network, I usually will put some sort of caption below it or repost without the emoji. So those with um, visual impairment can also um, hear it read to them uh, because it's very frustrating from what I've learned to have all of those emojis read out loud when someone has a site being read to them. So being full of that. But using emoji to communicate things oftentimes is extremely beneficial because there are all different kinds of learners. And so I try to write in a way that encompasses different learning styles. Yeah, gotcha. Awesome, awesome. All right, if last last question here, if there's one thing that you could, you could change about how startups approach their efforts for PR, what would it be? Understanding stories. I feel like that's the number one thing. Um, and I love that the folks I work with and the clients I work with will come to me and, and come and suggest story ideas. But I would say 90% of the time, they're not stories yet, but it, it starts, it, it serves as a starting point to discuss what that could evolve into. Mm. Um, and the reason or the benefit I have talking to journalists every day is I know immediately they're going to say no and they're going to need, you know, five other things that go along with this. Is it exclusive? exclusive to them where the numbers uh, you know where's the data to show this where the validation points and if you don't have any of that it, it really influences where you can share something or whether or not it's a story awesome wonderful thank you so much sarah uh, for your time today uh i'm grateful the startup community startup of the year community is grateful for your time um and i hope you get that pizza ordered for your daughter's class it's done it's done it's ready to go i almost forgot see it's just like the, the things that i forgot to put on checklist Excellent. Excellent. All right. And uh, everybody, you can find Sarah on Twitter at, P- at PR Sarah Evans. So go check her out there. Thanks so much, Sarah. I'm sure our listeners will find that super helpful. You're a PR expert and uh, appreciate you joining and sharing your, your thoughts here. All right. Well, hopefully you enjoyed this, this episode and uh, we're able to find something interesting in the conversation. And if you did, please share it with someone you think might be able to find it helpful. We're all about uh, sharing and sharing is caring and, uh, you know, this could be something that could help somebody get to the next level. And in speaking of sharing, I've got some community updates as well that I wanted to get in before before the end of the cast here. Uh, I wanted to let you know about some partner deadlines that are coming up. First off, August 6th is the deadline if you want to be part of CTA's uh, Foundation's Eureka Park Accessibility Contest at CES. That's right, CES is right around the corner. It's already coming up in January. And uh, they're taking. there's a deadline of August 6th to be a part of that, that uh, Eureka Park accessibility contest. So get your application in. Uh, there'll be details in the show notes about all these updates. So 
August 6th is also the deadline for NASA's Science Mission Do Doctorate Entrepreneurs Challenge. So you'll get a chance to look at that in the show notes as well. Lastly, September 30th is the deadline for the Start Your Awards. Every year we have our awards ceremony at our summit and uh, our community is open year round. So if you come in October 1st, you can still apply. But uh, if you want to be in the running to be a part of the top 100 companies that are, are partaking and a chance for additional exposure and whatnot, as well as potentially taking home title of Start of the Year, you need to apply before September 30th. And you can do that very simply by going to SOTY.link forward slash apply. Again, it's SOTY.link forward slash apply. There it is. So hopefully you can become a part of our community and we'll hopefully see you at our summit as well. And there's also some events you can participate in coming up. So on August 9th, we've got the Entrepreneurs Confessions event. August 12th is Black Girl Ventures, Halicean uh, Intensive Final uh, Showcase. And then August 19th is the Space Force Pitch Day. So lots of great events coming up. I also noticed that our friends over at Rise of the Rest and Revolution out of D.C., uh, Steve Case's crew with Anna Mason are going to be hitting the road again on a bus, bus tour. So uh, if you're interested and you're in one of the communities, I think St. Louis is in there and a bunch of others, check out the, the latest from Rise of the Rest. We'll have it in the show notes. And you can apply to get your company in there to showcase if you're in one of those communities. It's pretty exciting. I've been on a number of tours with the team uh, through a number of different cities. And it's been great for every, every community and meet a lot of great people. And it's great to see the uh, entrepreneurial uh, spirit. It's, it's, not just, it's not just in the Valley in, in New York and Boston. It's everywhere. So a great tour and look forward if it's, if it's coming your way. All right. There's some really great events. Hopefully you enjoy them and you take part. And if you don't, uh, get a chance to... Uh, definitely keep checking back. We'll have more updates there. But if you want to get your event out there and you want to partner with us, please reach out. We've got startuptheyear.com is our website and you can, you know, become a partner and we'll share your event. And if you have a startup idea and you want to get it going, today is the best day to start up. Not tomorrow, not the next day, today. And in doing so, I encourage you to join our community for access to support, expert advice, and resources that you need to elevate your startup by going to SOTY.link forward slash apply. Become a part of our community. We're here to help. Until next time, I'm Frank Gruber signing off. Thanks again for listening. Wishing you the best of luck and future success in your ventures. Thanks for listening to the Startup of the Year podcast. Be sure to subscribe and we'll be back with another episode soon.